will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You, the second ever podcast to be available in suppository form. You love it. Joining me this evening to uh, slip in some advice, Mr. Dave Convery, curator of the Obsidian Archive. Good evening. Forget everything you have heard about the Obsidian Archive. Tremolo Babcock, a moose defender, and I, as ever, am Roger Hart, once described by Vanity Fair magazine as like the very concept of charmlessness had a perineum. Hello. If you would like to ask us a question, you can, of course, write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Yes. One such person did this today, and they ask. Fixing folk of the forest. I have danced the midnight jig in lederhosen. I have sprinkled cornflakes in the fairy flower beds, and I call upon you for aid. It's a bold opener. I struggle with sleep. I have limited time for it in daily life, seven hours maximum on weekdays, realistically, and sometimes have mild insomnia. This is nothing, however, as to the problems of and caused by my partner. They cannot go to bed. In the early evening, they will have good intentions, but those intentions invariably come to naught as the evening wears on, and yet again we're facing six hours maximum before the alarm goes off. The problems are many, since this has been the case for years. My mental health suffers as a result of the lack of sleep. Their health and well-being suffer. It is the cause of many arguments, and we are exhausted at weekends. They will, as a matter of course, complain all day about how tired they are, and then promptly stay up reading BuzzFeed for an hour after I have gone to bed. They know that regularly going to bed on time is the right thing to do. They know it's important for them and for me. When they stay up, we both inevitably suffer. They feel guilt, angst, and anger at themselves almost every night. We have had tears and arguments, ultimatums, and promises. They have over the years tried almost everything you can think of to sort it out. Rewards, punishment, cajoling, reminders, pleading, technology, stationery, self-help books, sticker charts. I may have made that up, but it is not impossible. New leaves are regularly turned over and swiftly turned back. In the mornings they will struggle to get out of bed, but in the evenings they will have no interest in it. I'll be up in one minute never means less than half an hour. They have described it like an addiction, which it does in many ways seem to resemble. Help me fixing folk. Mr. Convery. I've, I've been there. I don't really sleep if I can get away with it. There are too many other things to do. They are much more fun than oblivion, generally. Uh, and, and, and before I moved in with my current partner, I was definitely sleeping a lot less than I... Uh, do now. Um, I think the difference there is I could always get myself up in the morning. I, d I don't tend to need that much sleep. Uh, I'm generally fine going to bed a little bit ba later and getting up a little bit earlier. But since since we moved in, I, I, I've sort of uh, sleep a lot more. I'm not quite on the same 
time frame as my partner, but I'm, I'm getting a lot better. And it, it wasn't really that hard. I got a little watch that tells me how much sleep I've had. And I correlated that time spent sleeping with how well I felt. And I paid attention to my partner's needs. And here we are, well rested and no longer living my life like one of those early French novelists whose hearts exploded at the age of 32. But this isn't really that, is it? It's not really the sleep that's the problem. It's the patterns and the obsessions and the trying to do anything else and the displacement. And that, combined with a lack of sleep, will take its toll. But I don't think the sleep is the entire force. So you need to um, figure out how to break the patterns. And you've identified them and you, you, you've clearly tried to do uh, a whole bunch of things here. Um, but talk to a professional. Seriously, it's it's an emotive issue for both of you because fuck knows you're tired. Uh, you've tried everything that you can think of. Um, and that just means you're going to approach each and every attempt with a growing sense of uh, futility. So find a professional who's trained to deal with this because it can drastically improve quality of life to have someone who knows how to break these behavioral patterns and do so dispassionately without you having to put as much active engagement in it uh, and and have someone who's disconnected from your day-to-day -day life be the person who's saying no you have to being the the, the bad guy effectively uh, that's an incredibly valuable thing because it means you can affect change without or you can try to affect change hopefully you'll do it uh, without having quite so much of an emotional burden upon yourselves cognitive behavioral therapy in particular is geared towards this sort of thing so that would be my fix. Actual professional help. Or there's opium. That worked for the Victorians and they got a shitload done. I mean, one of the ways they got a shitload done was a massive oppressive class, class structure and a lot of slavery, so... Yes, um, I'm not recommending that you colonise anywhere, nor am I recommending that a few eccentric engineers build a series of steam-powered hoodads to increase oh. your efficiency. Oh. I might have to change my answer then. Excitingly, my answer will also be drawing on the uh, wisdom of our incredibly racist, classist, sexist and homophobic forebears to solve a modern problem. Well then, Mr Babcock, tell us your fix. Well, I've got some experience with this in that uh, for a number of years, my partner and I also kept somewhat different hours. Um, my solution was to be too pissed to care what time he came to bed, and I realise that's not that's not a solution for everyone, particularly those with less to blot out than me. When you love someone, I think you have this need, this this compulsion to help them, even when they can't necessarily help themselves. And in this case, that may mean that you need to be the pharmacist they need in the world. What I'm going to recommend is that you start dosing them with tricyclic antidepressants if they're habitual lateness is being caused by an undiagnosed mental health condition, then congratulations, you're helping. Um, but there's also the nice side effect of tricyclic antidepressants that they, they cause quite a lot of drowsiness, um, which is, is really, really great for uh, sending people off to sleep. So just mix a couple in with uh, your evening cocoa, and I guarantee they'll be yawning within about 20 minutes. You may potentially feel some qualms about drugging your partner unconscious, but they seem to prefer self-recrimination over actually changing their behaviour. And I think that's basically tacit agreement to covert medication. If 
the use of uh, pharmaceuticals doesn't appeal to you or you don't have some dodgy guy down the pub who can definitely sort you out with something that probably isn't antidepressants. You can actually take some inspiration from our forebears. Um, in the Victorian era, it was a lot more common for middle-class couples to sleep apart. Uh, you know, so the ladies would retire early, uh, I guess, to preserve their delicate feminine constitutions. And the man of the house would, would sit up smoking cigars, reading the newspapers, taking laudanum, sexually harassing the servants, and then would crawl, shaking and dribbling into bed. You know, at some godless hour of the morning, I gather that children in this era were mostly conceived under the influence of massive doses of cocaine. Now, nowadays, lots of us don't actually have the ability to have a, a completely spare room. Now, some people do, and I know some couples who have fantastic relationships where they actually sleep in separate beds. And this is a really good option if you have the space. If you don't have a spare room, you can put a sleeping bag down in the living room or even the bathroom, so long as they don't mind listening to you shit at four in the morning. What you're doing here is you are presenting your partner with a choice. They can either come to bed with you and enjoy the, the, the closeness of falling unconscious next to someone else, or they can, if they want to stay up, they can go and hit the sleeping bag or the spare room or whatever, and then their problems with, with lateness doesn't impinge on you and becomes something that they don't have to hate themselves for. So yeah, that's my, my, my suggestion. Make them sleep in the, uh, in, in the corridor, the dirty stop out. My one concern there is that uh, they are acting in all the ways of a dirty stop out, but you don't get delicious kebab leftovers for you to find in the morning. Well, that could be a precondition. You could set some boundaries. Yeah. If you sleep in the corridor, you must leave at least half a kebab on the kitchen table for someone to find. Or a radiator curry. It's it's just one of those unspoken social agreements, like leaving pornography by the railway lines. Or in a hedge. Yeah. I worry about our digital generation. I worry about our, our kind of younger, more millennial uh, associates who, who will be denied the experience of porn in the woods. I can't understand, in retrospect, how I actually became quite such a sexual deviant with the relatively tame pornography I had access to as a youth. It's, it's baffling, isn't it? God knows what I'd have been like if I'd had access to, to the internet at the age of 13. Maybe you'd have burned too brightly. I think I'd have certainly wanked too brightly and probably exploded. It's a risk. Yeah. Now, my, my take on this um, talked about behavioural therapy. And I used to work for my many, many sins in marketing. And what marketing does is take a load of ideas from psychology completely misunderstand them and hand them to fuckwits who feed them back to you at conferences. So I'm going to do that. There are a lot of behaviour change models. I think what is what is going on here is effectively a behaviour change problem. Um, there's a lot of behaviour change models, particularly in health. One of them is, the, is a sort of state of change model, which involves these various stages, pre-contemplation, where you're kind of not really aware to make a change, contemplation, you're thinking about it, preparation, you're more actively engaged, action involved in behaviour change, maintenance, you've kind of somewhat got there, termination, end of the cycle. And there are various ways of, of, of presenting this kind of thing. And that aligns quite well with a marketing funnel model, 
which which for, for those that aren't aware is is basically takes the idea that when you're trying to sell someone something, you get it trying to change their behavior, so they go through a bunch of patterns. Typical jobs to be done marketing funnel model looks very much like that. Passive looking, active looking, deciding, consuming, and satisfaction. And in behavior change models, you can often slip off the cycle. You can kind of fail, and then you can re-enter at a later point and go around loops. And the idea is that with enough nudging and nurturing, you'll eventually complete a loop. Um, and in psychology, sorry, as in in marketing, as with therapeutic interventions, we, there are different things you could do at each stage of the cycle to try and incentivize people. And what marketing does would be to intervene with tailored messages when people are vulnerable. And marketing is getting advanced. There's a whole range of automated systems and behavioral analytics available. Uh, one example you mentioned for, is, is, is BuzzFeed and staying up late to read that. This, this could be good news. The more distractions from sleep are technological, the more data you might be able to harvest in order to do what is essentially marketing automation, to make automated interventions to change their behavior. Now, getting this right is going to involve a non-trivial investment in enterprise software and intruding on your loved one's privacy in ways that your relationship may never recover from. They could look for one with a long trial period to hopefully either get it done during the trial period or completely destroy their relationship. Yeah. You may not have to have that initial layout. Either way, save this one for when you're really sleep-deprived and cranky, because ethically, it's it's probably not quite as good as the non-consensual medication. You're going to need three things. Marketing automation system, some data to feed it with, and intervention materials for it to output. The last part's the easy one. Market leaders in this space include Marketo, Eloqua, Pardot, and HubSpot. HubSpot is the cheap one. There's a free tier and basic is 40 quid a month. Marketo and the others, they're designed for large companies, typically start around a thousand pounds a month. And they will expect you to have a CRM system in place. They do a lot more, but you know, running a CRM, running Salesforce just to get your partner to go to bed, that's probably an extra grand a month. It's arguably overkill, even within the confines of what I'm about to suggest. So pick your poison, but I'd say keep it simple. HubSpot's a SaaS solution. It's fiddly to set up. It's kind of shit, but It'll, it'll get the job done. Now, you'll buy an enterprise, an enterprise marketing automation system. What these basically do is ping out messages based on conditions, and the conditions come from data. This is trickier. The system will need to know every time your partner does something instead of going to bed. Website activity, gaming, catching up on email, watching Netflix, praying to the new god that haunts your toilet system, that kind of thing. And you've got a few solutions to pervasive instrumentation. IoT devices spring to mind, as do cameras or personal fitness devices. But at some point, what you're going to need to do is intercept all of the data coming out of your network, um, create a proxy, and pass it into your own system. You're going to want to set up a network and monitor everything it's attempting to talk to you on the internet. Browsing activity from the PC, API calls from their fitness widgets, you get the idea. You want to basically intercept every piece of data coming out of your partner's devices and bung them into a database so that you can feed them into HubSpot. This will require some coding, which you may or may not be able to do. There was a really good article, um, might find a link for the show notes a couple of weeks ago, about the security of IoT devices, where someone had set up just such an intercept within their own home to see how secure IoT devices were and how leaky their data was. And it gives some scripts and some ideas for how you can do some of this just because they did a good data journalism. So you may not need to be super technical. There will be templates for this stuff, this horrifying intrusive, deeply unethical stuff. 
At this point, you can configure your marketing platform to fire off reminders. Now, these are usually email-based, but um, you may be able to do smarter things like SMS notification or on-device pop-ups, especially if you use one of the enterprise solutions. Uh, for example, if it's past bedtime and there's a sudden prolonged spike in BuzzFeed traffic, ping, text alert saying, go the fuck to bed. Now, that's a bit sledgehammer and it's not really a good behavioral intervention. That's more the cranky kind. What we're more looking for is positive reinforcement. So for instance, if you have what you could feed in, the conditions you could set up in your marketing system are after, let's say, three consecutive days of, sense of data signifiers that, give you, that imply a sensible bedtime. You might be at risk. You might know from knowing your customers, knowing your market, that someone is likely to not make a change. They're likely to relapse after this point. So you could send a little encouraging message. Um, or you could build in some of the ideas from something like motivational interviewing, a, a technique for getting to support behavioral changes by asking sort of questions, getting people to think about the future they're looking for or what obstacles are in the way. So your automated messaging after, let's say, three days of sensible bedtimes could be, you know, are you, how are you feeling about this? Is this helping? There's all sorts of positive things that you could you could feed in here. Um, and you would then scaffold this in your conversations with them. You would reinforce the messages. Marketing is all about message saturation as well as as well as timeliness. And so with, with a relatively modern, modest estimate of somewhere between 50 and 3,000 pounds a month, you, you can probably completely ruin your relationship and your partner's life with saturated marketing messaging and invasive data surveillance. You could even uh, start prodding them gently towards BuzzFeed lists about the benefits of getting an early night, if that's their jam. Oh, I like that. That's some, that's some good reinforcement. Yeah. You've basically crossbred a Fitbit with the Panopticon. It's one of the things I'm for. I used to work in marketing. Do we think we fixed it? I think if they can't manage to sort their entire life out based on the advice we've given them, then it probably it just wasn't worth it in the first place. I have consulted the lookup table and it is at least 73% fixed. This is over the threshold for our statutory minimum and fully allowable in the circumstances. Yes. And so, having met our criteria, we must leave you for this evening. Should you like such fixings, should you like something like this, do contact us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Ta-ta.